the things so, I use the video editing software for. Uh, that's not one of them. I don't go in and artificially bleach bungholes. So. <laughs> well, that's oh, that's, your, right. that's why we're not super successful, Andrew. If you just bleached my bunghole every me. episode. People have got to deal with the harsh changed. reality. Sometimes <laughs> the brown eye is a couple shades darker or lighter than the rest of the person. It's true. I mean, it's true. It's it's called body positivity, guys. Look it up. Indeed. Speaking of body positivity, I actually Speaking went to... I just found a body in my backyard. <laughs> I am in the positive for bodies found in my backyard. <laughs> uh, no, I went to Dragon Con this weekend. And it was super fun and yes, super awesome. You did. And there were a lot of really awesome cosplays, some that were actually like really body positive. And I actually really enjoyed a lot of them. Um, and this is coming from nice. someone, and I'm going to throw myself under the bus just a little bit here for a moment. Uh, in a number of years past, That's I have definitely fun. seen cosplays that were, you know, from San Diego Comic Con or, you know, Stanley's Kamikaze or you know what the other comic cons around the the nation or Dragon Con or things like that where I've definitely been the person who said who stood there a little bit and went hmm maybe you should have chosen a different cosplay I'm being a bit of a dick but no honestly seeing them in person like I didn't care even once like pictures I apparently cared Maybe it's just because I've grown as a person, or maybe it's just you know because there's something different about pictures. But like in person, everybody looked amazing. Honestly, there were there were definitely you know obviously I... people who spent more time on their cosplays and less time on their cosplays, and you know, some that were more impressive than others, but like at no point was I standing there being like, hmm, that person shouldn't be in that cosplay. I was just like, yeah, fuck yeah. You do that cosplay. I'm really excited for you. Rock that, man. There's several that I'm I'm still very much that way about, but it has nothing to do with, like, body positivity or anything. Those are generally... There's a problem with the costume. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's different, though. Yeah, no, (laughs) I... I That's what I said. (laughs) Yeah, no, I I agree with that. Jordan Con and WatCon makes some sense to me but it was still even then it was very strange and very like nice to hear obviously but like very off-putting on some levels to have people be like oh yeah no i love your podcast you know whatever uh but at dragon con where it's not even a wheel of time pod like a wheel of time convention to have a number of people be like oh yeah no i'm i know your podcast it's great I was just like, I'm sorry, what did you just say? (laughs) Shout out to all the dragon... I guess we need to be going to Dragon Con. Shit. I mean, apparently we just need to be going to all the cons. All the cons. We should. Leave in the comments below all the cons. (laughs) Uh, Jackie and I were around uh, in Seattle for Emerald City Comic Con. And we didn't actually go, but like I imagine that there would have even been a handful of people there who may have actually known who the blazes we were. But I don't know. I we'll see. Hopefully. I fucked up because uh, 
Craven County, uh, which is the <laughs> county I live in in North Carolina, they did their first. It was a very small thing, but it was a Craven County Comic Con. Uh, oh, nice. that They wanted to do. Um, and it was literally like a seven seven hour event this past Saturday that I was supposed to go to. Uh, the local game store and everything even invited me to go. But see, the problem happens uh, when your body knows it's the weekend and is like, there is no restriction on how much sleep I can get. Yeah. And uh, you wind up not falling asleep until like two o'clock in the morning. And then you wake yep. up and it's like three o'clock and you're like, ah, oh, well, fuck. Well, I got two hours to prepare for D&D. Right. Also, know, there's, guys- a, there's a tool called Above VTT that if they would work on the bugs where everybody... Like the the interconnectivity of it amongst everybody, that'd be great because I'm tired of my players like being able to move their token upon an initial load and then not being able to move their token again. Yeah, really annoying. <laughs> I know it's yeah. free, so I can't really bitch that much, but sure, maybe somebody also. Here. So I leave just leave a comment throw... below about all the conventions that we need to go to. Also, I just want to go ahead and reiterate. I don't know if we said this uh, about. Uh, Jordan Con and WatCon. Um, guys, guys, guys. Please practice your three two ones at conventions. If you don't know what your three two ones are, that's get at least three hours of sleep, eat at least two meals a day, and take at least one shower every day. Very important, and your con will be so much more enjoyable if you practice your three two ones. And I will admit. I didn't experience anybody at Dragon Con who I didn't feel was doing those things. It's more about I was more focused on doing that for myself. And my con was better because I was focusing on doing that myself. So highly recommend your three, two, ones at cons. Make sure that you're doing it. Make sure that you're enjoying yourselves. Be careful. Be awesome. And enjoy everything. And that's my my plug for Dragon Con. I know that we do a lot of plugs, uh, but we're just gonna we're just gonna pass through this plug here real quick. And again, Dragon Con only comes once a year, so I'm justified in my plug right now. So give me a break. In addition to the shower, deodorant is your friend. Put it on. Also correct. Put it also, on. You don't need to bathe an axe, but roll on some fucking deodorant. Oh God! In fact. Please don't bathe an axe. Like again, <laughs> if that's what makes you happy, do what makes you happy. I'm not actually trying to tell you to not you bathe an axe. You're a walking fire hazard. Kind of, but at the same time, like the rest of us would appreciate if you put on a little less axe. Yeah. Less <laughs> axe, more deodorant, and uh, crystals are great for a good many things. Uh, deodorizing and the prevention of body odor is not one of them. No, so. it is not correct. Do not use a crystal instead of deodorant. Anyway, guys, Dragon Con was awesome. We've gone to a number of cons this year that have been awesome. But in case you don't know who we are that are going to these cons and enjoying ourselves and giving you advice for cons and things like that, we are the Black Tower Podcast. We are a Wheel of Time podcast. It is hosted by yours truly and my wonderful two co-hosts here. Uh, I am your Amon Khan Mahale, Daniel. I'm your Bajan Mahale, Andrew. That's Andrew. 
And I'm your sort of on the hill, Josh. And you know the drill. Line up in an orderly fashion and prepare your body for this week's juice of king. And guys, 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 we had an incident last week and the week before where you guys were not in your appropriate guards. So please order in single file in your battalions within your guards. Your Mihail will be up at the front prepared to go ahead and provide you with your tank. That's all that needs to happen. It's not that hard. You know who you are. Don't now do the, it again. The, the banner for the Amon Kangar has gone out, correct? Correct. Yes, it the has. The banner for the Amon Khan Mahale has gone out. You may see people sporting this lovely banner, if I do say so myself. Uh, the Baijongar banner is the next one to go out. There's the Amon Khan. The banner for the Amon Khan Gars, the sigil or the old crest, whatever you want to call it. Words we should actually, oh, these would be cool as like wax seals. It'd be expensive to get them custom made, oh. but it'd be cool. Um, but yeah, so, um, that might so happen those, regardless of the yeah. fact that they're expensive. That might happen. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, the Amon Khan Mahale's crest and the Amon Kongar's crest has gone out to our lovely uh, patrons. Uh, next will be, of course, mine, the, the Baijan Mahail ones. Um, and then uh, by the end of the year, we will be sending out the Soravan Mahail slash Soravan Gar uh, crest. So uh, if you want to try to get some of these stickers of your... If you want to try to get some of these stickers of your own... Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna Sorry. fight our our Soravan Mahale's internet service provider. Right, it's not, such not, trash. Not the Soravan Mahale. I'm gonna I, fight the service provider because I think there's a bit of a delay in between, like whenever we're talking and when you're hearing us, and that's what always creating the appearance of us talking over each other, uh, which is apparently a problem according to I, certain uh, Apple podcast reviews that made us laugh. <laughs> <laughs> yes, which, guys, let us be clear. If that is actually a problem for any of you guys and you just haven't spoken up, please let us know. We actually legitimately want feedback that is helpful. And if if us cursing too much or us being too drunk or us talking over each other or any of any other things that might be too much for you is happening in the podcast, again, let me be very clear. I cannot and will not guarantee that we will always act on each individual person's feedback, but it is really good to know. It would be awesome to know if you guys have a problem with the the podcast or any technical thing or whatever we're doing, because we can't change it if we don't know. Now, again, if it's a single Apple podcast review that actually seems like it's a bit pedantic, we very well may not go ahead and do anything about that feedback. But if it's a problem for more than just one person and they're not a douchebag about going ahead and communicating to us, we're happy to listen. Like, seriously. Actually very much happy to listen. So let us know if there are any things going on. And if it's just Josh's internet, we all know. 
it's a stupid internet and it sucks. So I I I am getting space internet uh here in hopefully a few weeks. Nice. Oh, that'd be cool. You actually have yeah. Starlink or Cyberlink or whatever yeah, I, it is? Uh it is available in my area. The only the only thing is I've got to save up a few hundred dollars um, because the initial set is the most expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, but as soon as we get that set up, we're going to be moving over to Starlink. We are going to be kicking Xfinity to the curb because Xfinity, you suck. I'm sick and tired of calling you and asking you to fix my stuff to have your idiot IT people go, oh, there's nothing wrong with it on our end. Shut up. Yes, there is. I know there is. <laughs> yeah. That's how Anyways, it goes. But- there's, a, there's a new internet company moving in uh, around here, too. It'll finally yeah. be able to challenge uh, Spectrum. Nice. Yeah. I forgot what they're called. Oh, I'm going to try and Metro get Starlink like here that. in the next few weeks, hopefully. Cross your fingers. Nice. Cool. But anyway, you didn't come here to talk, hear us talk about internet or feedback or anything like that. Um, you did hear us come to talk about some Wheel of Time stuff. Uh, but before we do that, I promise, I promise, we will get there very soon. But before you hear us talk about Wheel of Time, you are going to want to pop over to blacktowerpod.com. It is your one-stop shop for everything Black Tower. I will not spend a lot of time on that. Anybody who listens to this show regularly knows what it's for, knows what it's up to. Go check it out. If you don't know, go check it out anyway. It's a great resource, and you'll basically be able to find everything you need. It's actually a fairly well-done site, thanks to this guy down here. Um, It's laid out in a fairly straightforward way. You'll be able to find what you need. Uh, Also... When you are done over at blacktowerpod.com, where should they go, Andrew? Uh, go to newcreationsbygen.com. Check out all the wonderful Wheel of Time inspired merch they have there. Um, there's a bunch of content creators, uh, Black Tower Podcast included, that have stuff on New Creations by Jen. They do fantastic work. So Get go and check them out. Plugs. Yeah. So. With that being said and done, and all the plugs uh, done and dusted, you need some protection because we, as per usual, will be doing a full spoiler episode today. So to make sure you're not spoiled, we have some familiar dulcet tones. They're going to give you that nice warning uh, in a speech you can actually understand, not like all those weird late-night TV medicine commercials. (laughs) This episode contains spoilers from the entire Wheel of Time series. If you have not read the series, you are at risk of being spoiled. You have been warned. Wait. Side effects. Short, sweet. To the point. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, what are we talking about today? Besides the Wheel of Time. All right, guys. So, as many of you know, especially I'm those I'm pretty of stoked about been... this one. Right. As many of you know, uh, those of you who have been following our episodes, uh, we actually took a little bit of time off from this particular one. Uh, but we do a lot of deep dives into groups of people, whether that be nation states, whether that be cities, whether that be, uh, you know, cultures, whether that be whatever. Um, 
And one of the ones that we actually dove into a lot this year, and one that we're very excited about continuing to do, is the Ajas of the White Tower. Uh, so we've actually done a number of of them already, including the the gray, the yellow, the red, the blue, the green. Um, and we've talked a little bit about what makes them tick, you know, a little bit about their membership, you know, the, the proliferation of how many Black Aja sisters they've had in them and things like that. Uh, and tonight is one of actually the most exciting. Not to say that the green and the red and everything weren't, but I really like this Aja. I know that uh, Josh clearly also does. Uh, and I think that Andrew, at least quietly over there, does as well. One of the coolest Aes Sedai of the bunch actually comes from this group. Um, and again, she has a, a very, very, very meaningful section near the end of the books. Uh, but today we are talking about the learning Aja, the study Aja, the information Aja, the historian Aja the brown Aja. They are the ones who are the the scholars, the ones who, who dive really deep into, they're kind of like us in some ways, where they dive really deep into to specific topics about the one power or Terangrial or the history of the White Tower, the history of nations or different things like that. And their whole job is information, 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 the preservation of information, the gathering of information, and the proliferation of information. Uh, less that last one, just because at the time that we jump into the books, the White Tower is actually fairly isolated in the things that it actually lets out. But still, I think that personally, I think that that was their mandate from the beginning, was the gathering and proliferation of information. And it's just gotten a little corrupted in the last thousand years, like a lot of other things in, let's be honest, any organization that's been around for a thousand years. So I'm gonna cede the floor here after introducing this topic to, to the other two guys here to get their thoughts, because uh, I've already talked enough. What do you guys have on the brown eye? So when it comes to the 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 maintaining and the acquiring of, of information, um, don't think of it in the Blue Aja way, where the Blue Aja is getting tactical information, strategic information, diplomatic information, stuff that's going to to let everybody know where the current state of the world lies and where things are moving and where things are going actively. The Brown Aja is more concerned with pure knowledge and historical records, not active working intel on, like, you know, they don't really care what Andor is doing right now Correct. unless Andor has found a new library or some old books, then they care. Um, so they're, they're more like, they're more like your historical custodians, you know, like uh, in the U.S., like the National Archives uh, kind of thing um, is going to be what they're focused on. Um which I would actually say, I, I, I'm actually very excited. To, uh, there was actually a panel this weekend about libraries in the Wheel of Time, and they were talking about, you know, a number of examples of that. And this is a, a moment where I actually think that this is a perfect, the, the blue and the brown working together. I feel like as soon as the current becomes no longer current, 
I would love to see the Blues really hand over a lot of that information to the Browns so that they can actually keep that historical record of things that were going on currently that are now no longer current. So I, I love the idea of that that working between those two Ajas. You just brought up a really great point that I hadn't thought of at all. So, yeah, thanks. The thing I like the most is uh, it's an adage that I know most people are familiar with. You know, those that forget their history are doomed to repeat it. And so the Brown Oz is there to be like, hey, let's not forget, you know, let's let's try to maintain historical records and historical knowledge. One, because they did some pretty epic stuff in the past that we want to find and be able to do again. But two, we don't want to make the same mistakes. So they're going to be the Oz going to be doing like the speeches on how like one side of the Aes Sedai going to, you know, fight the ultimate evil is a bad idea. Um, you know, like this is what happened when I really tried it last time. So let's like, you know, not try that again. Um, they're going to be the ones in the coming years as we move into the fourth age and beyond that are going to have the historical records of the events of the, of the last battle. Um, as well as the schism of the White Tower and what caused that and what led up to that. And they're going to be able to educate the Tower moving forward uh, until the Tower ultimately, of course, disappears um, on how to avoid the schism. And it, you know, yeah. I think they're ultimately going to forget anyway, but that's just how it is. I love how the idea of the Brown Aja is, we're not going to make the mistakes of the past we're going to make new, often greater mistakes. <laughs> well, yeah, that's what you do. Yeah, no, if that's how history continues. I mean, All right, Josh, that's, what do you that's think? More money, more problems. It's like we already learned from those mistakes. Make other mistakes <laughs> now that we know so much more. No. Uh, okay. I and and we've already you've already had your spoiler ring. So what I'm about to mm -hmm. say is definitely spoilers, but one of my favorite representations of the brown aja is when the brown when one of the sitters or is it the head of the brown aja or is it so the head of the brown aja is known as the first sitter or the first, the first chair, chair, excuse me. Um first chair. and like in this an particular case I think it was Jesse Bell who was the first chair in the tower. And when Egwene in the end is back in the tower and she's doing her resist and bite uh, tactics, political tactics. And at some point in time, which is one of my favorite sequences in the book, she ends up having private lessons with the head of each pri Aja privately. They're like, oh yes, we're giving her her lessons. And what they end up doing is basically interviewing her and being like, so why should we have you as the Amarillan? Why do you think you're all so amazing? Why do you think so highly of yourself, girl? Represent. <laughs> and uh, she impresses all of them. Like every single one of them are like, oh damn. This girl kind of knows what she's talking about. But the part that's impressive about it to me is that Egwene also learns things. For instance, when she's being interviewed by the head of the Brown Aja, they're saying to her, hey, the Brown Aja, we keep record of these things. 
you know, what does that mean to you? And, and Egwene says exactly what, you know, oh, yeah, well, we have to understand where we came from. We have to know our history. That's very, very important. And the lady says, but why? And she was like, well, because it's important. And they're like, no, 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 no. We don't keep records because it's nice to know what happened yesterday. We are the guardians of the future. We learn from yesterday's mistakes so that we can help lay the path for the future. A lot of people underestimate the brown aja. They say, oh, the librarians, which we all know librarians are hot. So just knock that one out right there. But not only that, but they don't just, they don't bury their nose in books because they think, oh, this is an interesting little tidbit. Their focus is on the future. Their desire, their design, their purpose is to cultivate a better future by lessons they've learned from the past. And no other Aja is as passionately dedicated to this cause, with exception, possibly, the Blue Aja. Now, obviously, they have different methods. <laughs> But um, but yeah, and, and it's it's one of the things that I love the most about the Brown Aja. They're studious, they're insightful, they are tenacious. To underestimate a uh, Brown Aja sister is to welcome certain doom. I said what I said. <laughs> nice. Guys, uh, guys have some really really lofty ideas of uh the power. Of the brown aja. Well, well, no. Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, uh, within the tower, they are vastly underestimated. They don't have a lot of political clout within the tower. Well, and I was actually going to say... They don't care to. So that was actually one of the things that I was about to say when, when you said that is... We don't actually see that many examples of this, so I'm not going to say that it's actually something that all of the Brown sisters do by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, but at the same time, there are two examples, the best of which is Varen Sedai, who absolutely play that up, who are absolutely going around the tower doing this sort of wistful i have I, I have ink on my nose that looks like it was absent-mindedly placed there but i know personally that i put it there absolutely intentionally so that i walk around and say a few things and people go oh varin she's so she's so stuck in her books what what Ooh. could she what danger could she pose and of course she's sitting there being like I'm dangerous as fuck. Now, granted, again, I do not think that every brown Aja sister does this, but I do think that the brown Aja is one of yes. the Ajas that... So so I know that it was not a very popular thing, but I'm actually going to be the unpopular opinion here for a moment and say that in Iron Man 3, I love the fact that the Mandarin is completely just a patsy and he is completely just a phony 
and that the person actually pulling the strings is just completely secret. I really do. I love that. Now, again, I don't love the fact that they never got back around to the Mandarin, the real one who's from the comics. But again, I absolutely think that there is so much danger and so much power in being underestimated and in being anonymous and being overlooked that I think that the Brown Aja does really well. Because some of them are actually that. They absolutely are those sisters who just cannot get their heads out of books enough to pay attention to what's actually five feet in front of them. There are. It's inevitable. But I think that there are a number of brown sisters who actually just understand the value of not being the center of attention. The value of being a fly on the wall and the 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 secrets and things that you can acquire by just being quietly in the background all the time and everybody being like, oh yeah, it's just Baron. She's just hanging out oh. in the background. Yeah. I I would agree on the Sorry, potential. Interesting. Go ahead, Josh. I was just going to say, you know, so I'm going through the stats because, you know, we like to, we like to rank the uh the people the rank the ajas and i just saw some interesting information which we'll get to after your statement because it's, it's, it's kind of a left turn oh okay um i agree on their the potential for their power but i, I see amongst the brown aja varen as far 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 from the standard uh and more of an incredibly rare exception to the rule of how the browns conduct business uh, because Varen doesn't conduct business like a brown, uh, like a brown sister at all. She conducts business like a blue sister. No, she conducts business like a black sister. Oh, <laughs> yes, like an on like correct. an unbound blue sister. But yes, um, if you're gonna if you remove the fact that like she can obviously get around all of the rules because she is not bound by an oath to the tower anymore. Um. She acts and moves and maneuvers much more like Moraine does uh, than someone just going around collecting knowledge. Um, no, I can definitely appreciate that. Yeah. So, uh, I don't. I don't know. Like you do always I, have I, I'm not, exceptional. I'm not, yeah. Um. You do always. But have because of that, like, talent. Yeah. Yeah. Because of that, like, uh, there's a there's a vast difference in potential power to exercise and power exercise and i think by and large the brown aja doesn't exercise that much power um which may which for some is definitely definitely design Uh, they don't want to be the forefront because the more they're left alone and ignored the more they can you know do what they want most people that join the the brown aja there because they want to learn history they want to gather history they want to focus on the historical records and it's a lot easier to focus on the past whenever all the people of the present are leaving you the fuck alone because they think you don't matter. <laughs> um, but that's that's my other thing is like, and I'm not saying that that either of you are doing this because I definitely don't think you are. But I think there is a chance that some people would view the Brown Aja as 
more impactful than they actually are through the lens of one of the most beloved characters in the series being from the Brown Aja. So, and it's sometimes, I, I know I struggle to do it from time to time as well. Um, removing my love of a character that does something incredibly well and is incredibly effective from just the organization that they're a part of. Uh, which is why I say that I, I, I think Varen is very, very much an incredibly rare exception uh, to the rule for the, for the Browns rather than um, anything remotely close to the, the norm or standard for the Brown Aja. Could that's be. That's totally fair. I, I, I will agree with you on the note that Varen is exceptional. Uh, absolutely. I think, I think there is absolutely nobody here who can disagree with the fact that Varen is an absolute badass. The, the woman is terrifying. The woman is intelligent. The woman is skilled and just ama an amazing character. So say we all. So say okay. we all. She so. is knowledge weaponized. She, she, yes. Oh, that's a great way to put it. If you were to sum her up in a Doctor Who quote, <laughs> where it, books are weapons, arm yourself. You know, what is it? We're in the biggest line, whatever. I, I, you know the thing. Um, anyway, uh, do so the thing where Julie. I was going to go with this. We only have one or two examples of Brown, Aja, Aes Sedai. Varen is by far our deepest look into the Brown Aja. Everything else about the Brown Aja is from somebody's perspective, from somebody's point of view. And what have we learned about Robert Jordan's writing style over and over and over again? He writes from perspectives and he's a master at it. So the question I would pose is the Brown Aja truly the studious librarian energy style people who can absolutely get stuck in a book and really what you see is what you get that's them and Varen is the exception or do we only think that because most examples that we get in the series is from someone else's perspective and that's all because they're underestimating the brown aja. So I'm going to take this first and mostly agree with Andrew. Because, again, to be completely honest, the vast majority of browns that we know about are actually stuck in the tower. They really are. And I, I, there are not hardly sure. any examples of brown sisters who are actually acting on the world. And so, again, while I hear what you're saying and definitely agree with it, especially given my, you know, earlier statements, um, that I think that there are actually, one of the things that I love about the Aes Sedai, which is, if we're being completely and utterly honest, not that many things, because they're actually a pretty corrupt organization by the time we get to the books. Again, not in their inception, and definitely I think they're savable. But by the time we actually get to the, the books, they're pretty corrupted in their White Tower. Um, 
The, the one thing that I really appreciate about the Aes Sedai is that there's a lot of single representations of Aes Sedai who are more than one thing. Maureen is the pinnacle of a Blue Aja sister. Elida and Leandrin, to a lesser extent, are kind of the pinnacles of Red Sisters. There are sort of those like shining examples of exactly what the Aja is meant to do and their mission and their purpose. But there are a lot more examples of sisters who are mostly yellow, but kind of another thing, or mostly blue, but kind of white, or mostly gray, but... And so I actually think that really, again, to Josh's point, I definitely think that there are sisters who stand there and say, hey, at the end of the day, my mission is to gather knowledge. My mission is to make sure that the world does not repeat the sins of its past. But I also really like healing people, or I also, you know, am mission-oriented on this other thing, or treaters are my jam, or whatever the case may be. And I really like that, and I think that we don't get quite enough examples other than Varen, who's really kind of a brown-blue-black hybrid, um, that really end up embodying that idea of brown first, but not only brown. Andrew, what do you think? Uh, no, I would agree. Um, and I think within the brown Aja, because their, their internal uh, governing group is called the ruling council, uh, led by the first chair. So, of a group of brown objects that are going to be more concerned with tower politics and the, the internal power struggles of the towel and towel tower, <laughs> there's an there's an R on the end of that, not an L. Um, it's going to be that group because they're going to be the ones that okay, this is your job to run the brown Aja, and because of that, we're going to have you focus on the external and present more so than the historical. Because we need to maintain our status in the tower. We need to maintain our power in the tower. Or we're going to yeah. lose access to all this stuff. Um, so I, I do think that of, of all the Ajas, the brown Aja has the highest by far potential power. Because um, there's nothing, nothing more powerful than knowledge. Absolutely nothing. Um, especially whenever you control the library. Oh, and you control the secret library too. So yes, uh, there's there kind is. of that. Oh, and every Athan Mier that comes to the tower joins you. Right. So you're getting <laughs> vast knowledge That's from, where I was from gonna vastly go. different cultures. Yeah. That, um and, and not to mention say, the um earlier. I was just mm. gonna say that's what I was gonna say. That was the piece I didn't know. That every single sea folk joined the brown Aja. I had no idea. Yeah. And, and so and they can hide. So they can focus on knowledge and basically being librarians so they can hide the fact of just how strong Chandlers they are and all the Chandling knowledge they have. Because the Alphamia, every once in a while they send a slightly stronger Chandler, mm -hmm. but it's it's all it's all reverse psychology. Like, well, if they're sending us these, then this must be the strongest they have. They must not use them. And that's why, with the exception of the 13th Depository 
um, and the higher me higher members of the White Tower, nobody really knows about the Othonmier Windfinder. And with how insightful the Othonmier are, I don't believe for one second that they went, these are the weakest, that's where we'll go. I think they went, oh. <laughs> guys, <laughs> well, we also learned that, uh, that the shadow vastly undervalues um, the brown Aja. Oh, yeah. Because, yes. well, either by virtue of the brown Aja's knowledge of the past allowing them to look out more for infiltration, or the undervaluing of uh, what the brown Aja does by the shadow, they have a relatively low concentration. Of Black Aja sisters, uh, being about yep. twenty-eight, only five of which we learned the names of. Yeah, um, and they're the fourth largest Aja, so they're yeah. they're about the middle middle ground size, uh, with roughly about a hundred and thirty sisters or so before the the vision of the White Tower, or the schism. So, yes. Yeah, out of if you're if you got hundred and thirty sisters and only about twenty-eight are Black Aja, I mean that's one is one too many. However, as far as statistically going, that's that's not horrible. They're, it's not great, but it's not horrible. Their ratio was actually lower. One of the lower ratios, right? Mm -hmm. It's relatively also, low concentration. Yeah. Also, if we're talking about that, that would put. I don't know. Would that count, Varen? Does Varen count in the twenty-eight? Does it say anywhere? No, she definitely does. It doesn't say, but I would say she counts. No, she. she I mean, okay. If I was making a double that agent, list, though, if I was making that list, I would a hundred percent include Varen because, again, as a reader, you know that she's a double agent. But at the same time, she doesn't not count. Like, I mean, if you have a battalion that's a hundred people and one of them's a spy, you don't say, "Oh yeah, we have ninety nine people." Like. You say you have a hundred well, people in your battalion, like after the spy has been mission complete and comes back home, you don't still count them as one of the enemy. Leave a comment below. Is Varen in the twenty-eight or not? Well, but we, I say no. But we actually know a number of black sisters from like nearly like book three or something when they leave the tower kill some people and take stuff and i don't believe for even a second that leandrin isn't counted in the black like again so so what even oh, though you leandrin know who they are that doesn't mean that you don't count them in being a black sister when they're a black sister even if they work but against the black two two things okay. one i understand what you're saying but leandrin was not a double agent correct so varen was a black aja in name only my first point second point is when she passed Egwene said to to her straight up because she was like though i be of the black my soul is brown and 
uh, Egwene was like, no, your soul is white, like the purest light. You have, you know, basically implying you you have no idea the gift you've given us. Like, we're going to purge the tower and this is going to be amazing. Mm. So okay. I can't imagine anyone going, yes, Varen was Black Aja, except, may, okay, I will allow it under one condition, and that is that she has the asterisk next to her name. Sure. Oh, I'm 100% down with the asterisks. But as much as I love him, Ingtar's not not a dark friend. He redeems himself, but it doesn't make Ingtar not a dark friend at the end, even though he gives his life for the light. Like, again, I think that... I, I absolutely think that you count Varen and Ingtar among the shadow, even though they contributed not insignificantly to the light. I, I'm okay with the asterisks, but I'm not okay with not including. Anyway, that's I a mean, The thing is, like, for, for her to be, to do all the stuff she does and give Egwene this great gift and everything, she had to do things. Unsavory things. Things that did not help the tower in order yeah, to right. maintain right. the facade with, with the shadow and the people controlling her from that. So... I I agree with the asterisk, you know, next to Varen and next to, next to Ingtar. You're like, at the end of their life, they came Absolutely. clean and they sought redemption. Yes. Um, and earned it. I think that both of those people absolutely earned it. I I mean, Rand, I would agree with his giving Ingtar last rites. And I would agree with Egwene going... You are a badass bitch, and you do not get to go to the shadow once you die. Like, but, you are ours. But, Hashtag deal but, with it, Shaitan. Like, but at the same time, again, but, I personally very much feel like in the accounting department, you count Varen and Ingtar among the shadow but also with the asterisk. With the knowledge that as a reader there was more going on. Baron joined the shadow willingly for the purpose of being a double agent. This was okay. not this was not Varen saying I made a mistake I joined the Black Aja, and now I'm trying to John Constantine my way out of this. This was, she, now, she stumbled upon it. I don't think she sought it out um, and was told, join the Black Aja or else. And she went, huh, you know what? I'll join. Intentionally from day one, her mission was to gather intel and understand the inner workings of the shadow until the day that she saw fit to open Pandora's box, as it were. Sure. So I feel like... Okay. First question. Um, did Varen have to commit evil acts or commit acts against the tower to maintain her status as a Black Aja sister? Yes. Yeah, I would was assume. Her... I would assume that she would have to. Yes. Okay. Was her intel? Was she able to disseminate her intel or reveal any of her intel or anything 
prior to when she dies in the books. No. An hour. Ergo, for, yeah, until the hour of her death. Yes. Because of clever wording on her part for her. Okay, you guys, you guys are being very non ice Sedai about this. Which is understandable because we are not Aes Sedai. (laughs) (laughs) There's, there's absolutely. Because her oath was to not reveal until the hour of her death. But there's nothing that said that she couldn't maneuver and manipulate to mitigate damage as she goes while still maintaining the appearance of being a member of the Black Aja. Oh, sure. We don't have any of that information. What what we know is that Aaron was was very smart. What I was getting at is none of her gathered intel was useful or actionable until it was handed over. So for the time period where she joined the Black Aja until she hands over the intel, she is closer to just an ineffective Black Aja sister in terms of what she does for the tower than anything else. Like, which was the gamble. What she does at the end is incredible, and I do think it offsets. But it doesn't change the fact that for years she had to operate as a Black Aja sister. She had to work against the tower to maintain appearances. Did she do it to the yeah. absolute minimalist degree that she possibly could? Oh, I, I, I believe it absolutely. But she's also not completely innocent because she did what manipulate Alana to forcibly bond Rand. Like, come on, yeah, yes. Well, and I would she, say that she again, also. Let me be very, very clear here. I think that Varen was very successful and really good at what she did. And I think that she absolutely could have worked within the confines of being an Aes Sedai who is not a Black sister at being a very effective Brown sister just because that's who Varen is. However... I also think that there are a number of times in the book where Varen took full advantage of the oaths that she was required to take to become a Black sister to get around things that she would have been able to do as an Aes Sedai to be more effective later on. But again, now you're talking about ends justifying means and... I am not an ends-justifying-means kind of person. Right. So again, I am certainly not going to tell you, Josh, that you are completely an idiot or an asshole for thinking that in any way, or anyone else who does as well. I just feel like once you actually start really thinking that the ends justify the means, you've already lost in my personal yes. Also, I'd like to say that we're supposed to agree on everything, and you are both <laughs> presenting unique opinions. No, and I don't like this. This, this. Oh yeah, that's right. And be frat bros. And do <laughs> we've done, we've talked over each other a few know. times, so I think we got that part covered. All right. Cool. Good. <laughs> okay. Good. We're good. at least keeping that metric. No, and yeah. the other thing is, is once again. Guys, Keep in mind that the Brown Aja is not very well represented in the Wheel of Time. No, they're not because they're they're a, a there's just not a lot of them. 
there's what did we say 130 of them prior oh, to the divide, division of the white tower they're on um, average for a an aja i mean they're not the biggest right. but they're also not the smallest they're like basically right smack they're, dab in the middle they're the fourth hey, largest i can relate just hey <laughs> hey i so they got i can't about, about 22 yeah, for people that like numbers about 22 just under 22 percent of the brown aja's black uh are actually black sisters so seventh biggest yes. black aja sisters for anybody that needs clarification on that but yeah i i know that we haven't actually talked about them but this is definitely a problem with the the books not an actual like problem problem I, I think that the books tell the story that they're looking to tell. And I don't really feel like as a reader, I was sitting there throughout the entire, you know, 14, 15 book series going, man, I really wish that like, I understood this story and what would help understand this story is more Brown Aja sisters. But at the same time, I mean, again, the world that Robert Jordan has created at the time that we jump in from the time that we jump out doesn't require a whole lot of brown Aja sister representation, nor does it actually require a lot of white sister representation or gray sister representation. And so again, it's definitely a situation where there is a certain amount of speculating that we're doing. And there is also a certain amount of, either being overly forgiving or not overly forgiving or just right or whatever that we're doing because we don't know the answer. Robert Jordan did not actually tell us how many other brown sisters are running around doing cool things or exciting things or whatever. There are a few Now we do have a book coming out soon that might give us some insight. I I doubt it. I doubt it. Possible. I, I'm so not one thing the same no. <laughs> one thing the Browns do very well too, as a, as a plot device, is they provide a lot of explanation for some of the questions we have as readers. Yes. So, uh, like when we're in Ebu Dar and Absolutely. they find the the cache of of uh, of Angriol, kind of like, well, why not just try them and see what they do? Well, we the Brown Aja is the reason why, because they're like. Yeah, um, we've lost a lot of sisters that have burned out, been still, and just died, or simply just fucking vanished. Yeah, because they tried to use an auger, I had no idea what it did, and so that leads. Well, uh, even the ones to... that they do use on a regular basis are mm-hmm. used cautiously for that reason. Yeah, yeah, but it also adds some some sense of am- of amazing quality i guess uh that is not good english but that's what i'm going with um to what avienda and elaine are able to do with angriol this ability to and the brave honestly it's pretty brave considering all the stories of you know horror like it's it's not like they're just like oh yeah you know she channeled and just dropped over dead like they they tell stories of absolutely agonizing deaths from just trying to figure out what a what an angriol that nobody knows does and in fact, if I'm not mistaken, almost all of the Angriol that the White Tower has, they only know what they do because the Brown Aja studied and cataloged them to let everybody know what they do. Agreed. Yeah, no, and honestly, I think... Oh, the Oathrod's even... existence to the Brown Aja? 
I don't In know about that iteration? one specifically, but they definitely talk about a lot of Angrial and Sangrial and Terangrial that they only know about because of the Browns' religious cataloging and things like that. Well, the uh, it's I was about to say the Brown is just thing. one of the only Ajas that actually. I was just going to say they're the only ones that do any work with Tirangrial. Either, as you said, documenting or mild studies. But the yes. thing is, is they fear Tirangrial so much. Yes. Well, and of know. course, I love the idea that in the fourth age, they don't. Because, like, again, yes, let me be very, very clear. A sister dying is not good 100 percent. that sucks and a sister vanishing is not good there's absolutely still some fear that you should have when you're dealing with something that you do not understand at all that being said any and all of the sisters who are burned out or stilled don't have to be in the fourth age once Nynaeve figures out how to go ahead and fix this, and once Dahmer Flynn goes ahead and figures out how to fix this, and they actually know that Dahmer needs to be the one who actually goes and uh, fixes women, and uh, Nynaeve <laughs> needs to be the one who fixes men, there's a lot more opportunity to have less fear of Terangrial. Because really... Something that you thought was irreversible and horrifying is now kind of more of a blip than anything else. I think we established that stilling and burning yourself out are two different things. One of them is healing, and one of them is healable, and one of them is not. Well, I Did think we? typically burning out results in death. If you burn yourself out, can't I, I think we had a I'm pretty sure we had an episode where we discussed if you burn yourself out, can you be healed versus if you're stilled, can you be healed? If you're stilled or gentled, you can be healed. If you burn yourself out because you do too much, you, you cannot be healed. I thought I that can was, tell you right no. now, if we did an episode like that. I was not on it because I would not. I, I don't think. <laughs> Maybe that's a great idea for a future episode. Possibly. I don't think that I have ever seen any evidence in the books that actually really suggests that burning out is that different than stilling or gentling. Because um, again, as Andrew said, obviously, if you die, you die. If she dies, she dies. Um, but at the same time, if you burn yourself out, I can't see a reason in some ways that I, I don't know. I, I don't know enough about the mechanics. I'm not going to speak to it, actually. I, I I might not actually even be on that episode if we do it just because, or at least I won't say very much on that episode because I really have no fucking idea. Where is my companion? Is this it? This is it. Uh, da, 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 da. Let's go to the bees for burn like it does when I pee. I mean, what? Hey, oh. 
Yeah, no, it's entirely possible that they're actually do actually two different things. And again, I mean, burning yourself out would still be as scary, I guess, if you, you know, don't whatever. But again, I kind of feel that that's weird because I don't know. Maybe it's just Rand not knowing what he's doing because Rand comes okay. out of the box and fucking destroys people and stills them. According but... to the companion, burning out is the accidental process of a person being severed from the true source so severe that the person no longer had a sense of Sidar or Sidine, mm. burning out could not be healed. All right, well, there you go. Never mind. I take it back. So, And that's what I was saying. And 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 because I think where they get from that is you, if you're gentled or stilled, it's a cut. It's a clean severance sure. from the source. <laughs> which can be reattached, healed, as it were. But when you're burnt out, the wound is is jaggedly burned, ripped, and cauterized, which may, maybe, now maybe, there are varying degrees of burned out. Maybe. Maybe you got a third degree burned out, and you can't be healed. Maybe. Look at this doing an episode on the brown eyes on me going through a book. Look at that. I know, right? Maybe, yes. maybe it's really we'll say just the entry the on no valid. The same. Maybe it's just the difference between a vasectomy and a castration. I mean, maybe you can think of There's it like nothing to heal if you're castrated. Because uh, isn't it what happens like to? <laughs> yeah. So you're the you're the Star Wars, the resident Star Wars nerd. Um, isn't part of what happens to Anakin, like, whenever he, like, burns up on Mustafar is, like, he loses half of his midichlorians? <laughs> or some oh, shit like God. that? No. No. Doesn't he no. lose midichlorians? Nope. Nope. He loses no connection to the Force. As a matter of fact, his connection to the dark side of the Force increases because of his pain and suffering. And that's what the dark side feeds upon. When you have anger pain, when you have suffering, hate. it anger exactly. Um, those are the 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 prime catalysts and conductors of the dark side of the force. So there are I don't know if they're canon or not, but there okay, are so the answer is yes and talk no. about yes and no. Uh, there are writings that talk about the Emperor pre-designing the Vader armor to be uncomfortable mm. in order to increase to, his suffering. To, uh, handy, well, to handicap him, right? But also Anakin being the resilient little shit that he is <laughs> uses that handicap to increase his own suffering and therefore magnify his connection with the dark side of the force, sure. which is another reason why he thinks redemption is no longer an option for him. Well, there goes there goes the example I was going to try to use uh, sure. of like the difference potentially between burning out and stealing. Burning out would be like Ari. Uh, no, you're fine. Um, it would be like I don't know. <laughs> and if you I were mean, honest. It so. would be like it would be like a detonation, right? 
it blows apart whatever its container is into millions of pieces, and it's just unrealistic. You just cannot put that back together in the way that it was. Whereas right. severing, again, is that clean cut. It's like cutting a piece of, like, Ethernet or, you know, cutting a piece of cable, and then somebody else can come back later on, and they can uh, okay. splice it back together and Absolutely. Absolutely. So... Absolutely. The burning out is more like your butt is more like your butthole after Taco Bell. There is no repair, there is no return. <laughs> or after the taint. Oh, your taint Sydney. isn't that bad. No, I keep getting people telling me to like it. They I even had a couple of people be like, can we get something stronger? So maybe for next Jordan Con, I'll have to come up with something a little bit more insane. We gotta come up with like fancy names for it. Like where the hottem one is like, you know, taint sauce, IO waste edition. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. I like that a lot. And then for like and then for so like the, the really mild one, that's really not that. be like wetlanders. I would say like next iteration uh, Karian. Karian in edition. There we go. Next be like the weakest one. will be blight. Bro, if you yeah. make a black hot sauce, uh, I'm going to be terrified. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Land no, 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 of no. mad. I was going to say, it's sauce. not going to be a black hot sauce. It's going to be a hot sauce that is all blotchy and weird and like oozy. <laughs> <laughs> Which I kind of want to make now. I kind of uh... want to figure out how to do that. Just I like all you, you all you really need is for it to be like weirdly grossly yellow and separating. That's all you need. You gotta keep them separated. <laughs> all right. Well, let's go through a little bit more of. Uh, are there any other interesting things that you're seeing on like the the wiki or anything about the black or the black the brown Aja? <laughs> Jesus. Uh, they've had five Amberlins. Uh The last oh. one, as recent, uh, the last one finished serving in 950 NE. Damn it, he who comes with the wine, don't do that while I'm drinking. That's what she said. So, hey, oh. uh, but none of them were considered uh, incredibly strong. Uh, they were all considered weak or of av average strength, uh, which does play into the concept oh. of people vastly underestimating the brown aja. Yes! They're, they're playing like they're the underestimated. They're playing the they, part. I don't think that's why. I, I think they underestimate themselves as well. Mm -hmm. uh, okay. I will not at all discount that from the perspective of there are people. I've, I've often said there are two kinds of people in this world. People who get it, and there are people who don't. And there are people who... And, and you all know who I'm talking about after I give this example, okay? When you go to a workplace and someone breaks the rules and your boss just kind of goes, okay, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and what they mean is that's rule you can break, but I don't break it in front of me. If I don't see it and I know the rule was broken, no harm, no foul. And there are two kinds of people. There are people who will be like, I got you, boss. Thanks for letting me know. And then they will continue to break the rule, but not in a way that the boss can see it so that 
they're operating under a standard operating procedure and the boss is able to turn a blind eye. Then there's a second kind of person who's like, wait a minute, but that's a rule. We're not supposed to break the rule. And the boss is like, yes, you are not supposed to break the rules because if I see you break the rules, then I have to do something about it. And they go, okay, I won't break the rule. And you're like, okay, dude. And then, yeah. and, and then this person doubles down and goes, well, they broke the rule last week, boss, and you said they can't do that. There are two kinds of people in the world, those who get it and those who do not. And you all know who I'm talking about immediately. The Brown Aja is no exception to this rule. There are Brown Aja sisters, like Varen, who get it. They understand the deeper intricacies of the mission. And then there are those who are like, and, and all the Athan Mier, I'm sorry, all of the Athan Mier understand this depth to the Brown Aja, and I will die on this hill. I don't yeah, believe for one second. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then I believe that there are people who are just like, bro, my idea of a good time is reading a book, snuggling a cat, and sipping on some bomb-ass tea. And as an Aes Sedai, I can get the best damn tea in the world, bro. And guess what? That's cool too, because that's needed. Like, well, think about it. You I have people that join it. the military not... for reasons like that, right? Oh, yeah, you have some people that join because, like, yeah, because they're like, oh, I can go in and I can, I can get IT certifications by joining the military and going to a comm squadron or a comm section, or they'll go in and be cooks or services or medical or whatever. So everybody goes into these different things for their own reason, and they find their own area that they enjoy. But then there's the guys that join, and it's like, what do you want to do? I want to be a SEAL. And uh, Varen joined the Brown Aja and said, I want to be a SEAL. <laughs> Bro, don't I think that seals. is the best description. Yes! Yes. No, actually, I don't know. Yes. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna put one caveat on. I love that. it, and I think that it's actually that Varen went in and she went. You know what's really awesome? Tea and IPA, and I'm gonna go ahead and just drink <laughs> tea and IPA. And then somebody came up to her and went, "So you're gonna be a seal, or we're gonna kill you?" And she went, "Okay, I guess I'm becoming a seal." <laughs> I, I love. They didn't actually I do love, that because, of course, most of the other black sisters are not actually Navy SEALs. Varen is like no, the one. I love black that you just basically equated seal. black Aja sisters to frat bros and being like, "Bro, stop, bro, We're playing flip cup tonight in the name of the dark one. Let's do this." Actually, actually, fun fact: I said that the brown Aja were like bros because you were doing the whole bro thing, and you were like. Yeah, I just want to drink bomb ass tea and read a book, bro. That's not a bro thing. <laughs> what? But the way you hey, said wait, it. Wait, wait, wait. Where do you live that frat bros want to snuggle a cat, read a book, and sip some tea? 
Okay. Hello, no, hold on. I hey, need an hey, answer to this. Hey, hey, you're being really frat bro sexist <laughs> right now. I need you to <laughs> calm down. The frat bros do the exact same thing. It's two <laughs> different activities, bro. They just want to sit in their fraternity <laughs> house and snuggle with sorority girl and drink some IPA <laughs> and play some GameCube, man. Like, chill out. Stop yelling at me. That's all I, I like want to I like what I like what he who comes with the wine said in the chat. Yes. Cambridge, Cambridge Bros. <laughs> all right. So here, here are my last thoughts on the Brown Aja because I'm gonna be the bridge between these two lovely gentlemen. And that is that I think that it's a combination of the two. I, I really do. I think that there are a lot of brown sisters who actually just go in oh. because they say, guys. History is the most important thing. And unfortunately, for the for even the best intentions, there are a number of people who get lost in history, even if they started out by saying history is important for the present. Once you actually start watching enough World War II documentaries, you're not actually in the present anymore. You're just sitting there watching World War II documentaries. Yes, I did just call out a number of people. I'm sorry. But I feel again, attacked. When you wow. lose yourself in history, you're not doing things for the present. And I think that there are a lot of brown sisters who went in with those intentions of being a seal and ended up as somebody just sitting there watching documentaries. Um, and I think that Varen is an example of somebody who really goes out and does stuff. And I think, again, even as Josh brought up, there are a lot of Athan Mir who really do the thing that Andrew actually said. They're just there to hide. They're there because they were picked to play a role, and their role is pretend you're all that the Athan Mir have as far as channelers so that they stop asking us questions about whether the Seafolk can channel. If you go to the, the tower... We don't have to deal with it back home. And so they say, you know what? I'm going to take my lumps. I'm going to go to the Brown Aja because it's the one that I can hide in. Now, I do think that there are a few who are sitting there going, oh, yeah, but this is also where the secrets are kept. So I can find out a lot about the, you know, Aes Sedai that I'm now a part of because that's the lot that I drew. And I'll actually be a little bit more powerful because I'm in the Brown Aja. But again, I think that it's really just such a spectrum of people who joined the, the Brown Aja that there are the Varens and there are the librarians who never leave the library. And again, I am not saying that librarians are lame by any stretch of the imagination. There are some dope ass librarians out there. But it is also true that when you're not acting on the world because you're just sitting in the tower cataloging books in the largest library in the world, you can be the most knowledgeable person in the world. And you're not actually being that helpful if you don't actually help. So again, I really think that it's it's a spectrum. And that's my final yeah. thoughts on the brown. I think that's what we've said about every Aja is like, look, Right. You have the potential it's to like do some really incredible shit. People. Yeah. 
Like you have the potential to really affect incredible change and help the world. So do that. <laughs> you got to leave your house to go to the store. All right. Just the reality. Fucking go to the store every once in a while. But also, also real quick. If you went to the store and never went back to your family, fuck you. Stop I just couldn't find the milk, all right? Leave me alone. Go back to your family. I mean, I don't know. There might be problems. But deal with your problems. Deal with your problems. That's the PSA for this week. I, just deal with your problems. I tried, but after 10 years, you changed the locks. Hey, oh. <laughs> I would have thought. I was only gone for 10 years. Why the fuck did you change the locks? This is bullshit. Yeah. You leave for many, a couple of centuries. You leave for a couple of decades, and they change everything. How many smokes Move did you get, tonight. bro? All, oh, all the smokes. All of them. Every, every of the smokes. Um, I got every last carton of milk. <laughs> oh, all right, Josh. But, what are yeah. your, your final thoughts? Oh, well, oh, wait, Andrew, did, were you finished? Did you finish up your final thoughts? No, I was literally oh, about to ask the you. same thing. I didn't even start. I was about to ask yeah, the same thing I Daniel thought, just actually. did. <laughs> I thought he hadn't started either. <laughs> no. I'm just making he snide was comments. off of me. Yeah. All right, cool. Andrew, then you go ahead and go, go into and your final thoughts, thoughts. Andrew, go. Oh, well, shit. Fuck. Um, <laughs> that means that's I my final thoughts. thoughts. Shit, fuck. Uh, <laughs> brown Aja. Shit, fuck. Ha. Huh. Um... No, I really like the Brown Aja. Um, I I definitely love the, the concept of a group whose en- entire focus or their main focus is the maintenance of historical records. Because uh, I am uh, ma- I massively agree with the concept of if you forget history, it will repeat itself. Um, and one of the, the best examples to show you that's true is just read history. Read history. Because the same shit has happened over and over and over again throughout our own human history. Um, and I wish we had entities like the Brown... Well, we do have entities like the Brown Aja. And they have the same problem. They don't fucking go out in the world and be like, Hey, here's the receipts from where this shit happened 50 years ago. Let's not do this again. bitch! But, uh, yeah, it is what it is. It's well, important for you to Sometimes even when they do, people go... I don't like your receipts. But anyway, you were saying. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. There is that. Um, but I like them. I like the Brown Aja. I like uh, how they're able to fill in um, potential plot holes here and there. Um, and I think that was very well done by Robert Jordan. I think it's one of the better jobs I've seen of a proactive measure to fill in plot holes rather than you know, waiting until after the fact and retconning or explaining it away later on, which definitely still happens. It's going to happen. Nobody's going to get everything 100% of the time. Um, but like every every other Aja, um, could have done more. You, you got to get out of the tower. And that's the biggest thing. They stay in the tower. Um, so it, it just kind of becomes this kind of self-serving cycle uh, amongst the, all of the Aes Sedai. So it's not just the, the brown Aja. But yeah. The- ultimate echo chamber a little bit literally there was an echo in that fucking chamber Hello. Oh, I, I believe it but yeah what about you Josh 
Okay, right, my agree final with thoughts. the rest of us, Josh. That's your role here. Oh, yes. You I gotta, agree, agree with my co-host so that Amazon will give me a seventh yacht. Excellent. Which is All right, cool. ridiculous that was the because I live in landlocked Utah. Get over it. Okay. Final thoughts on the Brown Aja. I, so first and foremost, there are, I agree 100% with what we've discussed, which is spectrums of people. People are not one or the other. People are a spectrum, a multitude of notes and colors and, 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 and flashes and beauty. And it's what makes humanity and society beautiful and gorgeous and a wonderful thing to be a part of. And it's one of the things that makes the wheel of time so relatable to us it's one of the reasons we love the wheel of time so much because robert jordan didn't write heroes and villains he wrote people and the brown aja is easily ajas are sort of like hogwarts houses done correctly there's as much bias as there are with Ajas, but he does a really great job of illustrating the differences in personality and humanity and perspectives on that mission. Because one could easily argue that the Brown Aja sister in the library with her nose in a book, ink stain on her nose, doesn't even notice the ink stains in her clothes, is equally chasing the goals of the brown aja as varin is because according to their perspectives according to their perception and understanding of what the mandate of the brown aja is they're both working towards the same goal from it's, my it's a perspective the jedi story ah and so with the brown aja you have very little representation i would be willing to say maybe second to third minimal amounts of representation in the stories i think uh they don't get enough credit they don't get enough love um anybody who can produce varin yes i understand varin is an is an exceptionally amazing person, but any Aja that can produce someone like Varen, as we just said, this is a spectrum. If Varen is the pinnacle, that means there are people just below Varen all the way down mm -hmm. to the mundane. And I I think that the Athan Mier, how perceptive they are, how tenacious they are, I don't believe for one second that they were satisfied sitting in a library reading books i think they had vast uh contributions got words escape words things language speech they had vast contributions to the cause of the light um because they knew but not too vast because they knew that a portion of their mission was to hide in plain sight Brown Aja, awesome. Final words. 
Thanks. All right. Well, there you go. All right, guys. Well, thank you very, very much for coming and joining us on this lovely Tuesday evening or whatever day it is that you are joining us, whether you are live or not live or unlive. I don't know whether that's a thing. I know, right? I hope. I hope it's. Not. Exactly I mean, it is a thing, but I, hope... I kind of hope it is. Like, listen to us even after you're not alive anymore. Are you really a fan if, like, if your casket isn't just playing our episodes on a loop? The answer is no, but also I will respect you just as much if that's not happening. Wait, 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 wait. Anyway, Andrew, guys. we don't even have any BTP tattoos in the wild. Let's get a couple tattoos before we get a casket mp3 on loop i am fair i would be honored however i'm not going to actively encourage anybody to tattoo anything (laughs) no i want you to get my face if you you guys do get btp tattooed on you in any form whether it's josh's face uh andrew's (laughs) starfish or my taint or just our logo you know Whatever it is, just let us know. Show us. It would be really fun to know that. Uh, speaking of which, we still need to go get our uh, tandem tattoo at some point. Um, uh, maybe. Yeah. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Anyway, uh, but. Hi. What do I. What's up? I was just going to say if we're going to do it because it's in your neck of the woods. So if that's going to be a thing that we do at the Gathering Madness, that's going to have to be something you're going to put for. It's fair. All right. I'll go ahead and take a look. <laughs> I don't know what's up with Josh right now. He's He may or may not have had Drunk. too much taint, and he may or may not need a solid dose had, of tea. And or of wine. Ashaman never has too much taint. Or too little. He always has precisely how much he means to. Well, keep your secrets, then. (laughs) All right, guys. No, we're done with our movie quotes. We're done with this episode. We had a lot of fun. We hope that you enjoyed yourselves as well. Uh, From all of us here at the Black Tower, I have been your Amin Khan Mahal Daniel. I have been your Bajan Mahal Andrew. And I have been your Sorvan Mahal. Josh, thank you so much for being a part of this episode. Thank you so much for behaving in an orderly fashion whilst receiving this week's dose of taint, we hope, that you've left this week leaving just a tiny bit more mad than you were when you first started. Come join us in October in Los Angeles, California, for the Gathering of Madness, this annual event that the Black Tower celebrates. Thank you. <laughs> and if you understood any of that, you are a better man than me. But no, honestly, thank you guys so much. Uh, we always have such a good time and we hope that you do as well. We hope that whenever you're listening to this, you are having the best day and the best morning. And in case we don't see you again, always good afternoon. Good evening. Always running the show. Now
Tower. 